Salutations, possums. Um, week three game previews here. So I'm going to keep it brief, but I need you guys to get on Sunday morning on YouTube for our live Q&A sits and starts. We got some great turnout there. Love the conversations that go on. You can ask us anything, IDP, Dynasty, whatever the hell you want to ask us, we're there for it. So get on there, follow us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube while you're there and follow us on all your socials. Remember, guys, we live it so you can win it. Josh, Billy, what is up? Bro, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to turn anyone off of this, but I will actually be there for the live Q&A this week for the first time this whoop, season. Whoop, whoop. whoop. Sorry, I was in Cali week one, and then I was at a wedding week two. And this one, I'm coming for you guys. I'll be here. Uh, so if you want to hear my voice and hear some Eagles takes, I think this is the one time people might actually want to hear some Eagles takes. So uh, I'll be there. So listen, even Gabby wants to hear some Eagles takes. It's perfect. I think that's the truth. Uh, by the way, we did actually just yesterday hit 2,000 subscribers did on YouTube. So Yay! thank you, everyone out there that is subscribing on the YouTube. I forgot to announce that in the first podcast, but that's why you listen to the game previews. So if you haven't subscribed yet, come join the fun. If you have subscribed, we appreciate everything that you're doing for us, and I hope that you're enjoying the content on there. Jordan's IDP content is Honestly, on YouTube wise, I don't even know who else is doing that kind of that kind of numbers on YouTube or on defensive content. So hopefully he keeps churning it out and hopefully you all keep enjoying it. But we'll have clips on there as well. And we'll also be on the live streams and we'll also be on, you know, we'll we'll be involved. So I don't want to make it. The fire reaction articles. We got the rankings on our website. I mean, it's just it's awesome. You guys, we got so much content for you. It's coming out of our ears. It is. Okay, well, speaking, speaking of coming out of our ears, let's get to these game previews. So we have all 16 games on the slate ready to go. Uh, we're going to start with the Thursday night football game, Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. Joe, let's get it going. All right, guys, we're going to be in Cleveland. The over-under is 38 and a half, and there is rain in the forecast. It is a riveting matchup between the Steelers and the Browns on Thursday night. This just screams 1964 as the 30th and the 28th ranked passing offense to square up for a midweight brawl in Cleveland, Ohio. Similar to Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston in that same year. Unlike Liston quitting in the seventh round, I expect this one to go to the late rounds as both teams have been taking their games down to the wire. Nice. Okay. Well, I'll kick us off with the quarterbacks and the tight ends. Uh, quarterbacks, I hope you have better options. If you're in a one QB league, uh, these guys are not your guys. Uh, if you're in super flex, I'd say Jacoby Brissett is pretty usable. Um, Mitch Trubisky is going to get benched guys. It's coming whether we like it or not. Uh, Kenny Pickett is going to be out on the field. It probably might be after this game if they lose to Cleveland. So, um, Mitch, you know, if you want to give him one last hurrah as your super flex spot, go ahead and throw him out there. But I would definitely be looking for another option in the coming weeks. Those 12 um, points, man, you'll really get them. Yeah, uh, that's the truth. Um, as far as the tight ends go, um, Njoku hasn't looked good yet, so I don't think I would be putting him in my roster. But then again, tight ends have been a hellscape, so you might not have another option at this point. And then for Pittsburgh, Fryermuth is the G. We like uh, Pat Fryermuth, he's actually somebody who is getting targets from Mitch Trubisky. I think when Kenny Pickett gets there, Fryermuth will be the one that, another one that, um, you know, gains and benefits from that change. So I think that you're going to be fine with Fryermuth. Roll him out there. You're going to be good. This is a low scoring affair on my end. So I don't think the, the quarterbacks are going to be heavily used. So 
Fryman's one of the one tight ends that actually hasn't been affected by this uh, yes. weird tight end bug, and that's like the one consistent player in Pittsburgh so far. So mm-hmm. you're playing. He him. just looks so good. He really does. He does. So guys, I'm a little worried about Najee here. He does not have the same burst that he ran with last year. I truthfully believe that the injuries are affecting him more than they are letting on. The Steelers average only 83 yards on the ground in what has been two close games so far. And Cleveland is giving up the fourth fewest rushing yards in the league right now, having played McCaffrey, Brees Hall, and Michael Carter. With that said, we finally saw Najee used as a receiver last week. So I think he has a really big receiving game in this one as Tomlin tries to help out his line against Miles Garrett. And then on the Cleveland side, Chubb's an automatic start. The Steelers are allowing the 22, 22nd most rushing yards per game and are much weaker on the line with TJ Watt out of the question here. The question is, what do we do with Kareem Hunt? He still managed to salvage his day in week two with a couple long runs here, but both backs are playing roughly 50% of the snaps. It is clear that Nick Chubb is separating himself and getting the value touches. So Mixon caught nine balls against his defense in week one, so there is hope that Hunt can get back on track here. Hunt's a flex play with high upside for me this week. I would not feel comfortable with him as an RB2. Listen, Kareem Hunt did exactly what he did the game game in game one in week two. So it was just he didn't get two touchdowns. That was it. Okay, mm-hmm. He literally did the exact same thing. We know what his role's been. It's exactly that. And getting back to Najee, uh, you might be right about the injuries, but honestly, it comes down to Trubisky not being effective. It's the same concept as uh, Derrick Henry. You're not going to you're not going to have a good run game when you only get 13 carries a game under a person, a team that can't pass. So, I mean, see, I disagree my... with you there because aside from Najee solely living to hurdle defenders, cause that's all he, he does, does love hurdling. He does not look good with the ball in his hands this year. He used to be fast. Now he just kind of rumbles around and gets tackled immediately. I, I really think that Liz Frank injury is, is bothering him. So I am worried about Najee. That is fair. He does have that foot injury lingering. So, uh, getting into the wide receivers, uh, Deontay Johnson is the only wide receiver you're starting for the Steelers until further notice. Uh, he is averaging 11 targets on the year, uh, albeit they are short routes. Uh, there is a chance that this hits sooner rather than later. Uh, you're rolling him out and you're hoping for a big day. Uh, Chase Claypool, you're sitting him for now. Uh, if you're desperate, I get it. If you're in a deep uh, dynasty league or just a deep league in general, uh, six tar- he does have six targets and four catches a game so far. So feel free to put him in there if you uh, want to roll the dice. George Pickens, in my opinion, and everything other than Dynasty is droppable. Uh, I get it if you want to roster him. He does have six and five targets, respectively, in the two games, but he hasn't been able to do anything with them. And that might be a more Trubisky thing than a Pickens thing. Uh, as for Cleveland, Amari Cooper is the only one you even <clears throat> want to think about. Uh, that week two usage spike was phenomenal, uh, and I think you're playing him until further notice. I probably would have sat him had I uh, had any had him on any team. So uh, he could Amari Cooper himself on occasion, which might have been his uh, week one. Uh, but they did make a conceded effort to get him the ball in week two, catching nine of his 10 targets for a hundred and touchdowns. So uh, other Cleveland receivers, all bad, shouldn't be rostered. Agreed. Um, I, wh- who do we think is going to win this game though, guys? That's a very interesting one. I, I got Pittsburgh personally. I think this is where they, they get back to form. Um, I don't think Trubisky plays a great game, but I think Najee has a, a decent game and Deontay Johnson. Uh, and I think the defense, even without TJ Watts still does some work. I think defense alone for the Steelers win it against Brissett. Okay. I was probably leaning Cleveland, but I mean, y'all talked me into it. Steelers it is. So no. All right. Uh, I, I, I don't want to root for Cleveland. I just was slightly leaning that direction, but eh, I don't care that much. All right. All right, guys. We got 
The Dolphins and the Bills at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Uh, it's going to be over-unders 52, and there are scattered thunderstorms in the forecast, so we need to keep an eye on that. So we're going to go down the 305 to Miami. Miami hosts a lot of cool things like Little Havana, South Beach, and the famous Ocean Drive. And now a matchup of two undefeated AFC powerhouses. Two league-leading high-octane offenses against a stable of studly defensive players. What more could you guys want on Sunday? Isn't that the truth? All right. As far as the quarterbacks go, both of them are a go. I, you have to use Tua until Tua lets you down. This Buffalo defense is ferocious. So Tua is going to have all that he is up against here. Um, but this, if Mike McDaniels was going to scheme anything up for this one, this would be the one to get. Um, I'm going to step on Josh, or Josh's toes a little bit here. Uh, Tyreek has never scored a touchdown against the Buffalo Bills. So I would love to see what Mike McDaniels is able to scheme up with Tua and Hill to get him in the end zone in this game um, against the Bills. Um, but if they don't get going, it, it's going to be a long day. Josh Allen, obviously, I don't have any concern with him. Miami does have a decent defense, but as Lamar Jackson just proved, you could do all you want on that defense if you get it going. Tight end-wise, we got uh, Dawson Knox, who might be out for this game. Uh, old Tommy Sweeney is uh, the backup there. I don't think he's going to be usable, so just leave him on the waiver wire. And then as far as the Dolphins go, they actually did use Mike Gesicki, who threw out the worst gritty of all time. Um, apparently he had been practicing for it, but I don't see where that practice is going, my guy. That mirror is lying to you, my friend, if that's where you were doing that. Um, but I think Gesicki, if they're going to have to have all hands on deck in this game, and Mike McDaniels is going to have to throw him the ball. So I don't think this is going to be a heavy Durham-Smythe game because I think they're going to be passing a lot, and Gesicki is going to be one of those weapons. So I think he is usable this week. Maybe he had the mirror of a rise from Harry Potter for that one. And Something just like, like that. that's for exactly sure. what I was trying to do. I always wanted a gritty like that. Oh, you think yeah. he'd be better at dancing with all the time he spends not playing? Ain't that the truth? Hey, you know, <laughs> whatever. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, he actually <laughs> did have some usage there. But uh, as for the wide receivers, I think this one's pretty obvious. Uh, but with Gabe Davis out, we did learn that there is no wide receiver three on this team. Uh, Stephon Diggs went back to doing what he does, and when he's the only target on the team, he's going to do what he does. Uh, start game Davis if he plays and you already locked Stefan Diggs in your lineup pretty much every actually no every week my apologies uh, and I think Miami is going to kind of come crashing back to earth in this game especially with Buffalo uh, but the thing is you're never going to start or you're never going to sit Hill or Waddle anyway they're way too explosive as we saw last week uh, you're not getting cute here but at the same time I think you temper expectations uh, broken plays do happen, but they, uh, there is a chance that these two actually come crashing back down to earth and then there's no one else on the team. So don't worry about that. Fair enough. Oh, the running backs in this game. Um, so started off McDaniels is the Shanahan East. Um, <laughs> not only are the bills extraordinarily good on defense, but, uh, one would think that a high scoring comeback against the Ravens would feature chase Edmonds a little bit more. I, I don't know. He seems to be the scat back receiving back. However, it was Mostert that led the backfield in snaps last week. So I actually kind of like Mostert this week, guys. I know the Bills are, are ferocious, but he has the speed to break one or break a couple even. So I do like Mostert. Uh, McDermott is Andy Reid East. So he's just just use them all, you know. Uh, Devin Singletary averaged 10 touches, is averaging 10 touches game. Moss had 12 touches in week one and then nothing on Sunday. And James Cook had 12 touches in week two. And hardly anything in week one. So you add in Josh Allen running the ball five to eight times a game and Reggie freaking Gilliam receiving three targets out of nowhere. 
what do you do with this? Um, both Miami backs should give you some flex, shot, flex options, but trusting the Buffalo run game is a fool's errand, in my opinion. I would not do it. It makes me so angry because Singletary's been so damn efficient, and he's literally gotten averaging seven carries per game. Like, just yeah. give him give him 14. We've seen this his whole career, too. And then, you know, out of freaking nowhere, he last six games of last year is an RB1. So let's just say his, his draft position was perfect for him. Like where yeah. he was at, like eighth round was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're, I'm getting a steal. You're not getting a steal. It's Singletary and it's Buffalo. You never know what's going to happen. But I think this could be one of those games. Um, I think if, let's say, Tennessee was just a little bit more competitive, Actually, you know what? I, I'm lying. I, they don't even use him whenever they should use him because week one, they didn't use Singletary and they were up for most of the game as well. It just makes no sense. They keep throwing his Stefan Diggs. They're like, let's throw a sixth touchdown to Stefan Diggs just to rub salt in Josh's wounds from the past. <laughs> or put Reggie freaking Gilliam in there. God, that's still that touchdown pissed me off so much. Fair enough. All right. Who do you think is going to win, guys? Bills. Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo by a million. I was hoping I you'd say Miami they're on a totally down. different level than I, I, I think maybe it. the Eagles and maybe the Chiefs are on their level, but no one else. I, I was about to double down on Miami if you all picked Miami. This Fair one, enough. this one's a would gimme, but I would have I would still done. You to. That's great. Okay. All right. So guys, we're gonna go to Minneapolis where the over-under is 52 and a half, and Detroit's playing Minnesota. Um I'm not going to mince words here. Minnesota just got a big old swirly on national television by offensive points, favorite Super Bowl contender. Only made worse by the Bills pulling all of their starters in the middle of the third quarter, just in time for a national audience to see Darius Slay take away everything but Kirk Cousins' kids. This is a pivotal <laughs> game for Minnesota and may derail their playoff train if they cannot handle these feisty Lions. Oh my lord! <laughs> Isn't that, the truth? Uh, that was the best game preview you've ever done, Joe. That oh, man, I don't know. It's up there, but I, I will say. I mean, um, I, I feel personally involved. That's why I like it. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, well, on to the quarterbacks part. Kirk Cousins is not in prime time this week, so you know he's going to go off. I think this is a good bounce back situation for him. The Lions are not uh, the best on defense, as Carson Wentz has proven, and as Jalen Hurts has proven. So Kirk Cousins is back, I think, at a big spot here. I, I like him, roll him out. Uh, Jared Goff, I cannot say that he's startable in one quarterback leaves yet. He is a perfect quarterback that I hope you got in super flex, though, because he is he is the guy that you are going to be able to trust in that second quarterback slot that's going to be perfect. As far as like one quarterback leaves, I still think we need to see a little bit more. And when Jamison Williams come back, comes back, maybe that will change. Um, maybe they'll boost him up even higher. But he's still too check down Charlie for me. And I, I mean, he gets some big plays, but not enough. Uh, the tight end side of things, Irv Smith Jr. finally is alive. I, I don't know what the hell happened last game for them. Um, but eight targets, five catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. That that is what we thought we were gonna see from Irv Smith. He lost more, he left more yards on that field because there was a wide open touchdown. He would have he just dropped um, because he couldn't pull in the the ball against uh, the Eagles. Um, and then Hawkinson's on the other side. He's one of, I wouldn't say stable because the points haven't always been there, but he is still one of those guys. I think our better days are ahead and this would be a good spot for him to maybe change things up and get back in there. I agree. Thinking, Jared Goff is $5,800 on DraftKings right now. So he's a great punt for this week. That is a good spot. Yeah. I'd say, I'm not gonna lie. I think Goff is a play on bad pass defenses. If you can look at someone and look at a team and notice that they have a bad pass defense. I mean, just Washington proved it last week. Uh, he looked great during that week and Philly is still decent, but not great. So I think that Goff is actually QB 10 right now. Just fun fact. Like that's 
how the state I, of the NFL is right now. I do like, yeah, I don't know. Just it's too I'm not saying I'm not saying All for right, fantasy guys, God purposes. For Brady right now. Yeah, want? exactly. That's, <laughs> right. That's just... I'm I'm not saying for fantasy purposes, but Superflex, like I had him last year in a Superflex, and it would have been perfect for him right now. Oh, he's the he's a killer in Superflex. Absolutely. Okay. All right. The Detroit backfield is very interesting. Um, Swift only has 20 carries in two games, but has 200 rushing yards. So that's a Jamal Charles like 10 yards per carry right there. Uh, Jamal Williams is only playing 34% of the time, but he has 23 carries on the year. And those are almost 100% of the red zone work. Um, and then just a nice seasoning of Craig freaking Reynolds in there um, just to make it confusing because why not? But uh, Minnesota just gave up 163 yards and two touchdowns to the Eagles. Swift and Williams should be useful this week in this one. Um, I hesitate to put Swift as an RB1 because of his insane efficiency and the ankle injury. Um, They seem to be nursing the ankle injury a little bit, but it would not surprise me to see him finish as the RB1 overall because he is just killing it right now. Williams slots in as a flex if you need him. Um, And then uh, for the Vikings side, Kirk Cousins was your leading rusher last week against, uh, against the Eagles. So, uh, that is all I need to see. Um, Dalvin Cook is starting to get that Leonardo DiCaprio treatment from Father Time, maybe. Wait, I don't is, know. is he 25? Sorry. He's, he's older <laughs> than that. It's even worse, but you have to use him here. Um, Detroit looked a lot better against the run last week, and we saw Malcolm Rodriguez playing more snaps. So he's doing really good in the middle of stopping those runs. So Cook may be in for another stinker this week. I have to disagree. I think Cook bounces back really hard here. Um, I think that Minnesota realizes the error of their ways after the let's just throw it to Jefferson over and over again and then have it fail. And maybe I think they're seeing, ooh, Kirk Cousins is that quarterback that let's not, maybe let's not, he's not the guy. Use Cook. You're not, I mean, you're not sitting Cook anyway. It doesn't really matter. So, no, you're not sitting him, but just temper expectations. Yeah. Um, so into the wide receivers, uh, Amon Ra broke out in a big way last week, 12 targets in each game so far. You're locking St. Brown into lineups if you haven't already, uh, especially with the added running plays with him. Uh, I think Billy actually said it best that Amon Ra is a guy who you're, everybody just thought would get overlooked with DJ Chark and Jameson Williams. Although we haven't seen Jameson Williams yet, uh, you definitely need to uh, look into him. But I mean, I just think Amon Ra is just that guy right now. Uh, which actually brings me to my next point. Pick up Jamison Williams, uh, only rostered in 20% of leagues, which is just wild. Uh, it will be hard for uh, Detroit to have two fantasy relevant wide receivers, but Jamison's talents is just too great to be left on the waivers. So, uh, and then after that, DJ Chark's not, not playable at the moment. Uh, I like him a lot. He played good in week one, but week two, he barely touched the ball if at all. Uh, so, and back to Minnesota, do not panic on Jefferson. Don't fall for any of those terrible trades that you're probably receiving already into this moment. Uh, you might have just received it right now, and you were like, eh, Josh warned me against this. No. Uh, but, yeah, you made the right decision drafting him in the first round. Uh, if Just take a look at the running back scape and be like, oh, I could have had Najee Harris. Oh, okay. I could have had Mixon. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're fine. Could have had Eckler. Oh. Could have had Eckler. Yeah, exactly. There's plenty of people around Jefferson's draft stock that you got him. You got him for a reason. He is the best wide receiver in the league. And you should be fine with him. Uh, and it is worth noting that Thielen did have seven targets. Uh, and with Detroit's defense being a breeze, could be worth starting this week if you're desperate. But I'm personally going to just leave Thielen out there until I see some more consistent action. Flex spot, maybe. Flex spot. Flex spot. I just, I'm personally, if if I were to have Thielen on a team, which I don't, 
I would be benching him unless I have no other better option. Yeah. I just, I just have one nugget here. Uh, the Lions offense is extremely fun to watch right now. Can you imagine what element Jamison Williams is going to bring to this offense? Dude, I right? Mean, I'm this so, is going to be fun. I'm, I'm hyped so about excited. the Lions this year. It's, I, it's I've been telling speed, everyone. It's the speed that they're they're missing. But, yes, I, I like this literally. I, I mean, I feel like I was on crazy pills this offseason, but I'm just looking at this roster. Like, how is this offense not going to work? Like, they were all not healthy last year. That's why it didn't work. This week, this year, they're all healthy, and they look fantastic. And, yeah, James Williams is going to add that last part. And, by the way, for all you – people on Twitter that came at me when I was like on my high horse about Amon Ra in the off season. This is what I was talking about. You can't leave good players. Like good players aren't just going to get back on the bench. Like it's just not going to happen. Victory lapping already. We, we I have three. to, Let's because go. these people told me that, well, when DJ Chark's a pro bowler, Amon Ra's not <laughs> like, like, what am I going to do here? Listen, the I've worlds tra- of overreactions, man. I've tried to explain to my dad, a Lions fan of 60 plus years. Uh, that the Lions were going to be good this year, and he didn't believe me. And I was like, listen, dude, this team is good. The only thing that they have against them is Jared Goff isn't that great, but he's not bad enough to make this team look bad. Exactly. Like, two great running backs, two plus great wide receivers, and a, gr- and a good tight end. You're good. Hey, don't forget about Craig Reynolds. Hey, <laughs> and Craig Reynolds. The All Lions right. didn't. <laughs> Let's get into... Right, Josh, uh, you, got, you got an intro to follow. I got an intro. Let's Let me get into this. Uh, so this is the first Carson Wentz revenge game of the year. And the oh, way oh. the fans treated Jalen Rager in week two, I can only imagine Birds Faithfuls will make that two and a half hour drive to FedEx Field to fill that stand full of Boo Birds. We got a clear day and an over-under of 47 for these two high-flying teams. Nice. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's my best one. That's my best one. The the other ones get worse. Okay. Well, I mean, I I really don't have much to talk about here. You're going to start Jalen Hurts. You're going to start Carson Wentz. Um, Hopefully you're going to get a little bit of juice from that revenge game factor. But Carson Wentz has looked fine in this offense. And with all the weapons that he has out there, it kind of – it kind of made me think like the Colts, hey guys, like here's what happens when you supply a, a quarterback with weapons. Like, isn't it fun to look at? But whatever, we're not going to get on that right now. Uh, but Jalen Hurts out there for sure. Wentz out there for sure. Logan Thomas out there for sure. And then Goddard out there for sure. Yeah, that was pretty easy for you. I'm not going to lie. I will say that I would temper expectations of Wentz and you <clears> probably <throat> do have a better quarterback on your team. If you picked up Wentz, he's probably your second guy and you started him over the likes of Rodgers or Brady or someone. Uh, I would look at their matchups first before because uh, the way they just made Kirk Cousins look foolish. Yeah, but here's the see- thing. Kirk Cousins, like if, even if the Eagles clamp down on McLaurin with Slay, they still got Curtis Samuel, who's apparently the greatest receiver of all time that we didn't know about. Um, they've got Jahan Dotson. They got the running backs out of the backfield. I, I still think like in Logan Thomas, I still think they're still going to get yards. They're not going to win. They're going to get beat. But listen, I'm saying but I think yards. Wentz is going to do fine. I think he's just not going to be in that 30 point range anymore. He's going to be more in that well, low twenties is my thing. And if right, you do have, like if you do have Burrow, hold on. If you do have Burrow or you do, uh, who's Brady playing again? Green Bay. Pack. Green Bay. Yeah. I'd probably play Brady over him. Okay. Fireball bet. Fancy yeah, points. I'll, do that. I'll yeah. take you up on that. All right. Nice if we want to do it. There it is. All right. So, Miles Sanders is the only Philly back you can trust here. Even then, he's getting vultured by Jalen Hurts occasionally. Uh, the commanders are allowing a healthy 6.8 yards per carry. 
and have allowed two touchdowns through the air to back. So I like Sanders to break a big one this week and hit the century mark. Gainwell, he's been a little disappointing, and Boston Scott just keeps hanging on. He's their closer in Philly, um, so you're not starting either of those two. Uh, Washington has played some pretty close games the last two weeks. The script has favored Gibson, who's been playing roughly 60% of the snaps. I fully expect Philly to destroy them in this game, and McKissick should have a huge role in this one. So start Gibson, but Philly shut down Dalvin Cook last week, so I'm not expecting anything fancy. Interestingly enough, though, they got killed by Swift and the Detroit backs in week one. So I'm not really sure what's going on there, but I like McKissick a lot. I would feel confident starting him in a flex, and he is my DFS stud of the week. No, I 100%. Week. I, man, he fucking coined that. Uh, but <laughs> no, we, no, it's the awesome possum play of the week. The, the awesome possum play awesome of the week. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I did. What, did the expo not treat us anything? All right, anyway, back to That's Gibson great. real quick before I get into the wide receivers. But Gibson is your play. I, I'm sorry, but the Minnesota Vikings ruined themselves by not using Dalvin Cook because the way DeAndre Swift ran through our line, I'm not saying our rush defense is bad, but it looked terrible against Detroit. And that was the only reason Detroit was even in that game was because of DeAndre Swift. So honestly, McKissick and Gibson could both have great games. I, I would I would highly get to them. Now, getting into that wide receiver wise for Washington, this is the most wide most exciting wide receiver matchup I've gotten to cover so far. Some of these are a little uh, dry. So you got a lot of players here. You're Dotson and Samuel. Um, I, I get why you want to start them, but personally, this is my in my opinion, this is the perfect time to flip them both for what you can. Uh, I actually had a buddy reach out to me about someone offering a trade Brees Hall for Dotson. And I was like, do not, do not do that. Do not do that. Like that is a terrible idea. Um, it might've even been Curtis Samuel, honestly. And I was like, even worse somehow. But uh, personally, this is going to be the first real secondary they faced after playing Detroit and Jacksonville. Uh, and they're currently wide receiver 12 and 14 Dotson and Samuel respectively. Uh, so they are worth the start against the Eagles, uh, but they did just shut down the best wide receiver in the league. The only thing that Washington has going for them is they have multiple of them and a run game that they're going to probably utilize. I just don't ex don't get too excited for like a three touchdown game or anything. I don't think that's happening. Uh, I think you're still starting McLaurin literally every week. Uh, it's been a bit of a shaky start, but he's still the best wide receiver on this team. Dotson, I guess, can have a little argument for him. Um, Eagles wise, Sirianni showed that Devontae will have a role getting them the first play of the game and then continuing that and AJ Brown and Smith are going to be startable week in and week out. Start them both here against this broken secondary that's just led up like the most ridiculous amount of points to wide fantasy wide receivers. Probably the worst defense in the league. I didn't even look that up, and I just know that. Uh, and I just want to let you know, uh, we talked about this kind of on the earlier pod. Quez Watkins is worth a speculative ad at this point in deeper leagues. Uh, he's going to have his big weeks. He's probably would have had more last week if they would have actually like played a full game. But considering the game ended at the second half, not necessary. Uh, not quite startable at this point, but you literally could, he could be a great flex consideration during bye weeks coming in because a uh, 50 yard touchdown could be on the horizon at any given moment. So. I like it. I just have one thing because you, uh, you made your point about Antonio Gibson that just went right into your wide receivers there. Um, I just want to say uh, Deandre Swift is the second coming of Jamal Charles. I'm just going to throw that out here right now. Jesus on that okay. one. Okay, so I, there was nothing against. I wasn't comparing Gibson to Swift. I was comparing the fact that the Detroit Lions. No, no, no I know what you were saying. Us. I just I had that brain candy, and I was like, 
that's what the fact is. that you yeah. held on to it that long is phenomenal. Yeah. So it's, I just, it's it. just in my frontal cortex no. now. That's all I'm I not even saying about. Gibson is great by any means. I just think that if Washington was smart, they're going to utilize their running backs heavy to start the game. Yeah, and I totally agree with you there. All right, well, so Philly, Eagles. Philly wins. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Philly because I'm gonna always take Philly. Carson Wentz is not beating the Eagles. That's just no, no, no. If that, that happens, I'm gonna be right so mad. Yeah, <laughs> Carson Wentz owns your city. If that happens, just saying. <laughs> Uh, they no, will Nick burn Cole's down. They city. will burn down that stadium. Eagles. Do <laughs> they will well. burn down that stadium. <laughs> All right. It's not hey, an arson guys. threat. Tampa Sorry, Bay, Green Bay, Raymond James Stadium. Over under is forty two, and the weather should be clear for this one. There are so many bays here. You know what bays are? Bays are bodies of water partially surrounded by land. That kind of sounds like offensive lines that partially surround these geriatric quarterbacks. Sporting strong defenses, running back stables, and a wide receiver room that belongs on a milk carton. This one should be very old school and very low scoring. What do you guys think? I think you're right about that. So um, bays, man. I don't even know yeah. what bay to talk about. A lot of bays. Old okay. bay, green bay. Well, it smells a lot like old bay in there. Starting <laughs> <laughs> starting with green bay, um, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. I will say, I will just, I'm just going to sprinkle this out there. Tampa Bay has been pretty harsh against quarterbacks so far this season. So I am not going to say if you have a better quarterback, look for one, maybe like if, if, if for right. some reason, if okay. this, if this means anything to the fantasy, uh, to our listeners here, uh, I have Carson Wentz and Aaron Rodgers in a dynasty league. I'm starting Carson Wentz this week. Yes. I, I think that you know, like, if you have a better matchup, I would consider maybe benching Aaron Rodgers this week. I know that's, that's not, you know, that's heresy, but just got to go with what I'm seeing. Um, as far as Tunyon goes, I think he is he's not great in this offense, but I'm betting you don't have a better tight end to put out there, so you got to throw him out. Uh, Tampa Bay, Brady's Brady. I mean, he's going to figure out a way. They just signed Cole Beasley, so he's got more weapons just flowing in and out of the team, apparently. And then uh, you're not starting Brait or Otten. They're just irrelevant on the team. I disagree with the Brady's Brady thing, man. Julio's not practicing. Fair Evans enough. is suspended. Godwin's not practicing. Okay, they have Russell Gage and Cole Beasley if he is elevated. I don't know. I got Tua, Winston, and Brady in a league, and I am debating between Winston and Tua this week. I just I just picked up Cole Beasley in our home league just to get it out there. I'm Good proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. So this game sports running backs with nicknames like Showtime, Playoff Lenny, and Quadzilla. You would expect some big plays being made here. Green Bay learned last week that its offense runs through A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, while the Bucks are going to be forced to have their offense run through Fournette. I expect a huge workload for Fournette, and the pack is giving up a healthy 153 yards per game to the running backs. And in addition to receiving work and add in Fournette's receiving work, and boom, he is my second star of the week in DFS. I wouldn't be surprised to see a sneak peek of Rashad White in this one either. And then, did you guys know that A.J. Dillon has one more target on the season than Aaron Jones? That was just kind of a weird fact. Um, I have no idea what you make of this, but I thought it was interesting. Both backs are playing a lot, and I think they can make some noise against Tampa Bay. Um, the Tampa Bay defense is going to be on the field a lot in this one because I don't think Brady is going to get much going. So we should see a bump in both of their targets. 
flip a coin here. I think Dylan's the feature back just because he's 250 freaking pounds and they can just throw him at the defensive line as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the, the receiving situation is actually a little surprising because Dylan, I think had a little bit more receptions last time and he's the bigger guy. So it's kind of shocking to me that he's the more pass catcher guy of the, of the team. But Aaron Jones has just been better so far. I think what's going to happen with green Bay is whoever does better off the off the jump is going to get the most carries it's best best man up basically and aaron jones was obviously that guy the first two weeks so i think he's just going to be that guy for now until he averages three yards per carry but when he's averaging eight yards per carry you're going to keep him in there no so uh get into the wide receivers uh this is gonna be an injury report are there any wide receivers i was about to to hear watch like i said uh so one thing is uh who is carlton davis gonna cover on green bay do you guys know because i sure don't um is it sammy watkins is it uh christian watson who can't drop the ball or will he just let him walk right past him not 100 sure here uh randall cobb maybe dubs randall cobb yeah whatever uh you're not starting any of these green bay wide receivers especially against a defense of this caliber uh, Tampa Bay could be interesting here. Evans is out this game for pushing Marshawn Lattimore uh, ridiculously, which is hilarious because this is a game that they need him more than ever. Uh, so Gage, Julio, and Godwin become really interesting assets here. And you are starting any of these three if other one of these other don't start. But if two of these other don't start, Gage gets becomes really interesting. So if Julio and Godwin are out, Gage is phenomenal. If Julio and Gage are out, Godwin's phenomenal. If it's just Julio out there, he's phenomenal. If Cole Beasley somehow starts, you're thinking about him. So um, personally, I would say Gage, uh, you do not start him if all three of uh, Julio, Godwin, and himself start. Uh, But at the same time, if Julio and Godwin and Gage are all out there, then you're starting Godwin and really thinking about Julio. It's a really complicated situation. Uh, As of right now, it appears to be a photo finish at this point. So keep an eye on these three on the waiver wires. Uh, or on the waiver report, because you're going to want to re- figure out what's going on with this, because I'm confused, you're confused, we're all confused. But anyone Everyone. who's out there, for Tom Brady to catch a ball, you're going to play him. One of them's going to play, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, that guy easily could get 40 targets in this game, too. Whoever that, does play. That is the truth. And Brady's going to be really pissed if they don't catch him. Well, so Rogers could be equal. We might just see two old men fighting in the middle of the field, <laughs> just shaking their so fists. Back in my day, <laughs> I don't even know. We had people that could catch the ball. <laughs> who would win the fist fight between Brady and Rogers? Brady's got TB12, and Rogers has old man strength. I'm really confused. I just feel and like if you try to hit Brady, he just like evaporates, and then like your fist goes away, and he just comes back in to like a solid form. I just, I, I just have to imagine that's how some sort of alien technology is exactly for sure. Exactly. Rogers just seems like a guy that would like tie himself to a post and just have people punch him repeatedly <laughs> as his training. I mean, is, there'd be a motorcycle in fight club somewhere. or yeah. maybe not. <laughs> he's, he's actually Tyler Durden. It's the weirdest thing. Right. Um, Tampa Bay wins this though. Yeah. I, like I, I gotta go with Tampa Bay as well, because I just can't see, Aaron Rodgers just hasn't done it yet, and I don't I don't this, see it happening. This yet. defense is going to feast. Yeah. There's no wide receivers. Right. We're all in the greens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chargers, Jacksonville. Uh they're in SoFi and over unders 47. So to quote Christian mythology, it seems that Justin Herbert has given his rib to get his team to the Garden of Eden. Also, <laughs> what is it with rib injuries in the Chargers? It it's almost as random as safeties and thumb injuries this year. Um, the Jags are absolutely playing some ball right now, and if Herbert cannot suit up, 
watch out for the Jags in this one. I agree. Uh, let's get into the quarterbacks. So, yeah, if Justin Herbert plays, you have to play him. You probably don't have a better option. And the Jags are a good team to go against, even though their defense does look a little spicy. I'm starting to kind of vibe with the Jags defense a little bit. Um, but obviously, you're going to throw him out there. Gerald Everett, back from the dead. He is a startable uh, tight end in today's football. It's shocking to see, but I'm having to bench Cole Komet and put him in in one league. So, Gerald Everett, welcome back to the land of the living. Uh, Jacksonville, though, uh, this is not a Trevor Lawrence game. I'm just going to tell you that right now. This defense is too good, and they are ready for uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I, I, I was at least inspired by what Trevor Lawrence did last week against the Colts. That was at least – it was cool to see that he was able to do that in that game. The Chargers will not be a team that he feasts against. This will be a running back game, and you can probably get you know you could probably get him in for some good passes in there, but not him as a player himself. Um, and then obviously Evan Ingram has learned how to catch a football, which is bizarre. I'm sure Giants fans are shaking their fists at the sky about this one, but Evan Ingram has caught 12, 11 of his twelve targets and seems completely usable. His number two target. But. Just to just to kind of backtrack you a little bit, Gerald Everett is tight end number four right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, back, I, back to the end of the living. Crazy. I started him last week on a whim because of Kittle, uh, and I couldn't be happier with my tight end two at this point. So, um, yeah. Anyway, Joe, running backs. Running backs. Uh, Austin Eckler is starting for you. Um, but don't look now. The Jags held Washington to 28 attempts for 85 yards in week one and then just shut down Jonathan Taylor last week. So if Herbert doesn't play, the Chargers will lean on him heavily, uh, but the matchup is not as rosy as one would think. Uh, James Robinson continues to do the impossible. Undrafted, two-star running back, Achilles tear to Jacksonville's leading rusher. Um, Etienne's really taking a backseat to him uh, in the offense here. The Chargers have been very strong defensively. However, Robinson is RB2 consideration this week against them, and uh, Etienne is an upside flex, uh, especially if Herbert doesn't does indeed suit up. If Herbert plays, I like Etienne as a flex play. I think he'll get a lot of balls through the air. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think the thing is, is it's just weird because Etienne's actually running the ball better than James Robinson. <clears throat> it's just James Robinson is the starter right now. I don't know if they're worried about Etienne's injury uh, flaring up again or what the actual situation is. But yeah, this is killing me. Saving him yeah. for a playoff run. Yeah, I mean it's going to be. Might get situation. one, man. <laughs> um, Number one team in the division right now. <laughs> getting into these wide receivers, uh, Christian Kirk's your real only choice for uh, wide receivers on Jacksonville. But I personally would temper expectations as J.C. Jackson and Asante Samuel will just take turns covering him because there's no one else on this team. Uh, there's some guys. Let's be real, but they're not Marvin Jones and the, the Jones brothers aren't going to do nothing against this team, the secondary. So. Um, I could see one of them getting loose, but you're not worth not worth starting in fantasy. Uh, and then getting to the Chargers, if Allen is out again, look for Williams to have another monster game. Uh, sorry, Joe. Uh, but if he is in, if Keenan Allen is in, that is, uh, you're still playing Williams, just not expecting another 30 bomb. So uh, as for the number three for Chargers, we did find that out this last week. It is Josh Palmer. It is not Guyton. It is not any of these other guys. Uh, and he should be on everyone's radar because if Keenan Allen's injury lingers, uh, he could be fantasy relevant. And Jacksonville did get roasted by Washington uh, in the past game last week. So uh, I could see Josh Palmer being a good flex slash fill in slash. I don't know what you want to do with him, but I'm personally not going to do it. But like 
like desperation play at that is. Uh, but he should at least be on your radar. Just keep an eye on him because uh, if you have a bench slot that's being taken by some silly guy, just be like, ah, let's throw Josh Palmer on there. See what happens. Fair enough. Yeah. Defense frisky. Uh, do we think that I didn't even think about this. Do we think Evan Ingram is going to get picked up and have his back cracked by Derwin James this week after he just did that to Kelsey? That would be insane. I'm not going to lie. I, that man, <laughs> did you see the clip of uh, Kelsey saying, man, Derwin James, the, the Kelsey podcast, the Jason and Travis Kelsey podcast, there was something, a clip that he said, man, one of the worst people I hate playing against is Derwin James. That man's crazy, man. But like, he's just got to respect him because he's just such a phenomenal athlete. And then it literally <laughs> happened like days later. All it. Yeah, he's wild. Um, but Chargers win this game. If Herbert's in. If not, maybe could be. I'm going Jacksonville. I'm going Chargers like with it. with or without Herbert in. I, I think it's Chargers either way. But Joe, I'm proud of you. Going, going Jacksonville. I love me some Doug Peterson, but I don't think I think this Los Angeles Chargers defense wins the game. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree, but Jacksonville's just—they're almost like lion, the poor man's lions. I actually really like Jacksonville, and honestly, ever since uh, Urban Meyer left. I was just waiting to say it, so <laughs> I appreciate you for queuing me up. But ever since uh, the, that person left, uh, like honestly, the, the, the team just looks better. And I'm not saying this is only to Doug Peterson's credit. This is just er- eh, that one guy's uh, <laughs> just terrible at coaching and can't be in the NFL. So um, definitely Doesn't a lot of distractions. Doug Peterson deserves to have this team, and he deserves to walk into a Trevor Lawrence and situation. So I'm actually really happy for him. I just think that Los Angeles Chargers are one of the best teams in the league, especially the best defense in the league. You're right. You're right. Okay. All right. Let's head to Jets. Cincy, they're playing in MetLife. The over-under is 45, and there is rain possible in this game. So monitor it. Guys, it is too early for Cincinnati to burrow their heads. Their team is just too good not to chase down a playoff spot. In fact, I think that they tee off against the Jets as they reach into Mother Hubbard's cupboard to reclaim their spot on top of the BJ Hill. Wow. I'm proud of you for getting that much in Dude, there. how do you even do this? I did some intros and they're nothing even close to this. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, wow. I felt like we was listening to, I don't even know. It was that a was nursery great. rhyme. It was great. Okay. Well, let's get on to the, the players in this game, though. Uh, the quarterback's situation. Joe Flacco, I think he is the number two passer in uh, football right now, which is just crazy, but... I don't think I can play him against Cincinnati guys. I just don't think I can do it. I I know that, you know, you probably picked him up on waivers. You saw that he, what he did last week. I, I, and against the Browns, I I can appreciate what he did as an old man out there. Joe Flacco being elite after all these years, I I appreciate it. I just don't think I can trust him. Um, Tyler Conklin. I think he can probably use him, but I don't, think that I would be the one uh, Uzama will be back eventually. I don't know if it's going to be this week or not. Um, so I think that position may get muddied up by then. Uh, plus the wide receivers are better than the tight end. So hopefully Flacco looks more their way. Um, as far as the Cincinnati side, you are Hayden Hurst is not a uh, super usable. Um, and Joe Burrow, I, he's got to figure it out eventually. Right guys. I mean, the, the jets are a good defense weirdly. And I 
think Burrow's got to figure it out in this game or he's just going to get sacked a lot more. I think Burrow's going to be fine. I think that I understand how bad he's played. I, you got to play him, but uh... having him on my team, I completely understand. And week one was nothing but just treachery watching him with negative three points for the majority of the game. But even when he's doing bad, he's still putting up 20 points. So you have to respect the play uh, and the talent around him is just too good. No, you drafted Burrow. You can't sit him in week three. That's his talent's too good. You'd have to have someone really special to replace him. I have cousins as my backup in that league, and I'm not <laughs> starting him. So yeah, we don't want to talk about that. The Bengals have effectively shut down running backs. They played Zeke, Pollard, and Najee. They allowed him the 3.4 yards per carry and 63 yards per game. The problem is the Jets' offense has to run through Carter and Brees. Carter is leading the touches. It's about 70-30 right now at the moment. It appears that the way to beat Cincy is on dump-offs to the running backs, so I expect both of them to be heavily involved in the passing game. Carter can be used as an RB2. Brees is an upside flex. Mixon should have a monster game here. The Jets just got smoked by Chubb and Hunt, so Mixon is RB1 status. He's playing literally all of the snaps for Cincy. I like him. You're playing Mixon. You're, you can't sit him, so... No. I, I agree. Also, same concept. Have Burrow and Mixon in the same league. Rough times. Anyway, getting into the wide receivers, uh, Jamar Chase and Higgins are locks to play, even with Burrow's bad play uh, and and or within rain, as uh, my boy Joe has said. Uh, with Higgins back from concussion, uh, you're going to want to sit Boyd for now. Um, I, I love me some Boyd, but he's, he's definitely more of a he's going to fill in when either of these guys do not play. Uh, but at the same time, in a game where we're playing a bad defense and a good team, a good offense, that's the time you're playing Boyd. So you're keeping him on your roster. Do not cut him, please. Uh, Garrett Wilson uh, did prove that he was worth the draft stock, and you're starting him until the end of time at this point uh, or until he has a really bad game. Uh, Corey Davis, I know you're excited, and you may have picked him up, and you, 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 you're fine. He did perfect with those two targets. Uh, but I would rather take the flyer on Elijah Moore if I'm starting anyone else in this uh, Jets wide receiver game room. Uh, I just feel like I do admit he's not looking good at the moment. I feel like if you have yourself an Elijah Moore, you can you can kind of risk it here since he's uh, past defense has not looked great. Um, it's not bad, but it's definitely not great. So think about Elijah Moore. But if you also want to sit him, I'm game as well. But do not get cute and start Corey Davis, basically. Garrett Wilson proving why he was the best receiver in this draft. Absolutely. Just saying. And Elijah Moore is a major buy low right now because yes, him and Wilson, I think when Wilson comes back, he'll get that offense humming, humming a little bit better. Sad to think that, but uh, yeah, it's true. Hey, Billy, I said this exact same thing at B-Dubs on Sunday whenever that guy wouldn't change the TV because I was trying to watch that game. Uh, mm -hmm. But no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> you weren't there. I mean, you weren't there. I don't know. How am I supposed to tell? How am I supposed to admit it? But I mean, not going to lie. I actually also thought Garrett Wilson was the best wide receiver. I just was sad when he went to the Jets. Uh, we we all were. We were all but, a little sad. But here's yeah. the thing. He is the one on this team, and he's going to prove it out there this whole year. So That's excited fair. for him. Okay. So, um, by the way, Yep, since he wins this game, I would not be shocked if the Jets did it again. Nah, I got I got since he went in it by a landslide. Wow! Oh, after the past first two weeks, I don't know. Yep. I think this is I think this is where they prove that they're an actual team again. Okay. Well, if, if not, we have uh, something new to talk about next week. Coming from the Jets, hate all year, Billy. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Weird. Oh, I know. I, I'm good. We're good. Oh, all good. 
You guys want to go to Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Or no, I'm sorry. Not, not really. Okay. So the Rams and the Cardinals are playing in State Farm Stadium, and the over-under is 48.5. So Jake from State Farm is going to hold his breath as Aaron Donald travels to his stadium with every intention to slap Mighty Mouse in the face the way the Raiders fans did last week. Will he take the cheese? Listen, <laughs> Kyler Murray is not that short, okay? You know, 5'10 is an average height for a lot of people. <laughs> for an adult male? For an okay. adult male. <laughs> All right. Well, despite what we saw in the playoff game um, from Mighty Mouse Kyler Murray last year, I, I think you still throw him out there because they are very good in the regular season. They I, I, He was not a great quarterback through three quarters, and then he just turned on Super Saiyan mode. If anybody Dragon Ball Z fans out there against um, – uh, the Raiders last week. So I, I hope he can carry that over. And uh, Zach Ertz, I think you're still putting him out there no matter what. I wish you would get more targets. Kyler Murray, please listen to me. Throw it to Zach Ertz more. Uh, these other wide receivers, Dorch, please don't just stop with it. Uh, Ertz we'll needs more. That. Yeah, we will. Um, and then on the Rams side, Higby against all odds is still getting targets from Stafford. I, I mean, I don't know how, how like Sean McVay can do this, but here we go. Uh, he's usable, but I don't think he should be. And then Stafford, as long as he's cool playing through his injury, I think Arizona is a defense that can be had. I agree with you. Um, Mighty yeah. Mouse. I just it's good. Mighty Mouse. All right. So James Connor injured his ankle last week. He did practice today very limitedly. So I don't have much of an update at this point. Assuming he plays, the Rams pose a pretty stout matchup. Daryl Williams came in, and he seems to be the direct fill-in for James Conner if he misses time. He did out-snap Eno Benjamin. Um, James Conner is an RB3 if he plays. Uh, if he does not, Eno and Daryl are flex plays. I would recommend Daryl Williams as the more valuable guy, especially in DFS. Um, For the Rams, Daryl Henderson played 56% of the snaps, down from 88% he played in week one. Akers saw his snap count jump significantly and actually had five more carries than Henderson in this one. So Arizona is very beatable on the ground. I would say Henderson's an RB2 and Akers is a sneaky, by low confidence flex. Wow. Okay. A lot of confidence there. Um, Getting into the wide receivers, uh, beyond Cooper Cup, who is averaging just a meager... 15 targets per game, uh, which you're going to want to go ahead and start this week. That's um, down from last year. In case you're wondering. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little weak, but I think you're going to go ahead and want to start Cooper cup. Uh, you know, just in case you're wondering, uh, Alan Robinson though, finally did have a good game, albeit only on four catches. I think Robinson is a dangerous, uh, play, but as it showed in his week one game, but I think you're going to roll him out here against the cards and he gets back on track in the future. Uh, Van Jefferson, not, playable at the moment uh, barring him coming back from injuries but he should definitely be on rosters as he makes his way back from this knee injury um i'm thinking he's going to have a role i don't think he's going to quite take alan robinson's role but you never know uh, uh stafford did like him a lot last year uh i think you're rolling out marquise brown no matter what uh he's been pretty solid nothing great and unfortunately as billy alluded to i think it's time to acknowledge greg dorch as a fantasy weapon uh as much as i don't understand it or like it uh, until Rondale Moore comes back, uh, I think he will fade away after that, especially when uh, Hopkins gets back as well. But if Rondale Moore is out, Greg Dorch is a fantasy weapon that you are playing because Jalen <laughs> Ramsey is going to be covering Marquise Brown 
all day, and Marquise Brown is going to probably have some tough times ahead of him. Uh, but Greg Dorch could have an uh, – I, I hate it, man. I hate it. Like, I don't want to say it, but I think that, like, if you're in a desperation play, you could play Greg Dorch and get 13 points out of him. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's I completely agree. All right. Sorry, well, Billy. No, it's it's all good. I just wish Ertz was in that spot instead of Dorch. But uh, here I we think are. He w- I think he will. And honestly, there's no linebacker to actually cover Ertz right now. So I think Ertz is your best play as a pass catcher. But I didn't cover the tight ends this week. So no, I don't. And I think we I think we covered it this summer. But we thought they were going to run a lot more two tight end sets. Um, <clears throat> can we get Trey McBride on the field? Yeah, Just please get another he weapon. Would, out he there. would be better than Dorch, honestly. Yeah. Don't understand. He was Max Williams out there. He was injured though, so I'm not sure if he's quite healthy yet. But at the same time, I don't understand why he wouldn't be out there, considering Rondell Moore is not out there, Hopkins isn't out there, AJ Green is kind of out there, but he's really not. Listen, I don't, I don't want Greg Dorsch's family to listen to this podcast and think anything that we're thinking anything poorly of him. But there's got to be better. There's better options on that effing team than Greg Dorch. It's just. No. Hey, if Greg, if Greg Dorch's family listens to me, listens to us, I really would appreciate that. And I really appreciate you for listening to us. But at the same time, you understand, like there, there's a roster here and he's like the sixth <laughs> man on the roster. I don't want to hear it. Good oh, for him. God. I love me a Greg Ward and I love me those kind of guys, like the freaking guys who come in and you're like, oh, yeah, man, Tim Patrick. He's not great. Nobody loves him, but like Damn. we want to, we want to see him. All right. All right. Before we offend any more families, I think the right. Ra- I think the Rams win, but I would not be shocked if Kyler is a magician. I'm uh, with you on that one. I'm, I like the I'm Rams. Not gonna, I'm not betting against the Rams here, so yeah. Um, let's get into my my next intro. Uh, so oh, Jimmy yeah. G and the 49ers come to Mile High Stadium in the Battle of the Weed States. Uh, one team changed a lot since last year. The other team looks exactly the same. Uh, a warm afternoon in Denver with 79 degrees with no weather and the over under is 45 for these two one and one teams. Uh, all right. Well, starting out bench Russell Wilson. Hey, he's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't think Russell Wilson's a good quarterback this year. I don't think he has got it anymore. I don't know if there's an injury. I don't know. First of all, that coach for the love of God, Nathaniel Hackett, like, please, sir. I don't know what coaching tree you came from, but you need to go back and learn from your mentor a couple more. I don't know if it was Mike McCarthy because very is very Mike McCarthy esque what was happening on uh, the first two games with this clock management, but just absolute disaster. And Russell Wilson not playable in my opinion. Alberto not playable in my opinion. Um, and then as far as San Francisco goes, if Kittle comes back, you're throwing him in there. And then Garoppolo, I actually kind of like Garoppolo a little bit. If you need that into the bin, like if you need. You know, if you need a quarterback, say Trey Lance went down and you somehow had Jimmy G, you are very comfortable right now. And as soon as he gets Kittle back, that's one of his favorite weapons. You are sitting right where you need to, even if they're playing in mile high. So I didn't watch this game because uh, it was a three o'clock and I can only watch so many of them at three o'clock and B-Dub's managers threw me out. But at the same <laughs> time, like how in the actual fuck did they only beat the Houston Texans by a touchdown and not even only beat them by a touchdown? But it was 16 to nine. Uh, listen to this. So there was actually, they were going to kick a field goal. Uh, they couldn't decide what the hell to do. So they took a delay of game and it put them into punt range because they couldn't oh. kick field goal anymore. 
It just, I mean, until the touchdown in the fourth quarter, it looks like it was just an ugly game on paper. Well, even that first game, they decided to kick a, what, 65-yard field goal or whatever instead of kicking, instead of going for it on fourth and whatever one. Instead of trusting a quarterback that's made an entire career out of fourth quarter wins, like well, and Russell can't run anymore, guys, and it, it's it's a detriment to Russell Wilson's game if he cannot run, and it's just it's sorry, it's it's over. It's over. Sorry, De- sorry, Denver. It's fine, man. But I I also agree. Do not start him against San Francisco this year. <clears throat> nope. This week. Hell no. All right, guys. We have two really solid rushing defenses here. Um, Jeff Wilson is your running back leader, and uh, he should have a really valuable role as the Niners switch back to Jimmy. Uh, Davis Price was injured late last week, and it looks like he's going to miss this game, probably a couple more weeks after that. Jordan Mason is a guy to throw on your bench in case he lives up to the hype we've been hearing from camp. Uh, Javante is a start for you. He will likely be very effective as a pass catcher in this one. The Niners are only allowing 2.83 yards per carry. I have a hunch that Javante has a big game. Um, They're going to have to use him to take the pressure off Rush. There's no other way. Uh, Gordon's playing about 36% of the snaps, but he is getting the rock when he's in there. So I think you can trust him as a flex. Um, this game has Javante written all over it. You can start Wilson if you need to. Um, and Gordon is a flex, but, uh, outside of that, I don't like anything there. Yeah, completely agree here. Um, personally, unfortunately, I'm going to have to wait another year for the Trey Lance victory lap as the injury took him out. But I will say that San Francisco pass catchers do immediately get a boost up my rankings. So I guess that's kind of a victory lap in itself. Uh, so you're definitely starting Debo and Ayuk, uh, makes, they both make for a great start. And I think they're both going to immediately be vaulted, especially with Denver's defense, not looking all that stout at the moment. Uh, on the other side, Sutton made some huge plays with that, with Judy out. Uh, and he will continue to do so if Judy does not make it back for week three. But if Judy does suit up, you are starting him, and I expect him to have a great week as well. Uh, This team obviously has no third receiver, so they will need all the help they can get. I don't know if you looked at it, but I'm pretty sure the highest was like two catches for like 12 yards so behind uh, Sutton after Judy went out. So, yeah, it's Judy and Sutton. Uh, There's no one else. Those are the only two you want, and and we're good. All right. Well, San Francisco wins. I don't think it's going to be hard. I'm taking Denver here. Wow. Judy comes back. Russ gets his stuff together. Uh, just kidding. I'm going San Francisco. Oh, I was about to say the coach is disagreeing with you himself. Nah, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I go to San Fran. I was I was trying my best, dude. It's, it's <laughs> San Francisco. They don't like when they call it San Fran. By the way, my brother lives there, and he tell me that that's like what the tourists call it. So just letting Ooh. you know, not a big fan. Also, fr- Frisco. They don't like that either. It's they call it the city. <sighs> For the love of God. Okay. I'm just letting you know. Please get us the next game. That's me as well. Sorry, I got to cue this one up. Uh, the battle of the projected number one picks faces off in the rainy city, although no rain is expected on this one. Uh, over under 42, and it's Atlanta, Seattle. Okay. Well, um, going to be tough to tell you to play anybody in this game but, uh, but you got to play Kyle Pitts unfortunately you mm. drafted you just drafted him too high he's got to be out there and the thing is is that it's not I know this is going to come off as somebody trying to defend Kyle Pitts but it's not necessarily that Kyle Pitts is fault it's that they need to throw the ball to Kyle Pitts he is a great part of your offense and they refuse to do it the coach came out after the game and said we're not playing fantasy football out here we're trying to win games we ain't winning games my friend and you're not throwing to kyle pitts either so hopefully they can get him involved 
I don't think Marcus Mariota is a start in this game. Seattle's defense is just good enough to prevent him from being usable. I think we see Desmond Ritter uh, sooner rather than later. Seattle side, Geno Smith's not usable, and don't give me any of those tight ends. I do not want a tight end by committee. It, it blows my mind how they cannot scheme Kyle Pitts <laughs> open on like just four plays. He Maybe. had seven targets in week one and three in week two. So the fact that they regressed oh. from his two catches 19 to go back to two catches for 19. In, just... in that, in the game against the Rams where they were coming, they needed to come back. They stopped throwing him the ball. It's just. All right. Well, speaking of, let's go ahead. As Billy alluded to, uh, for some reason, Kyle Pitts is not making plays, but Drake London sure is. So you're rolling him out with confidence, but there is no other wide receiver even worth mentioning. Uh, I, I know that everyone was all excited about the uh, wide receiver from the Raiders who I literally cannot remember. His Brian name Edwards. Right Thank you. I literally was going to say Blake. And I was like, that's not right. Exactly. Blake Edwards, his brother, Blake Edwards, <laughs> Blake, Ed Blake Edwards, brother, man. He's the singer. <laughs> He's yeah. the singer, man. Will you right. for us? <laughs> exactly. So I couldn't remember his name. So therefore not worth mentioning, uh, Seattle. Uh, we kind of talked about this in the other pod. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Cause we, we have a good time and we talk about some good, relevant fancy facts. Uh, but DK Metcalf's usage stayed about the same from week one to two while Lockett's boosted. Uh, I think you're playing them both this week personally, but you're not happy about it because you can't really set Metcalf. Uh, so Metcalf does need a larger role for you to be happy, but I think he's just too big of a frame and his touchdown capability is too high to sit him. Uh, Lockett seems to be getting on Geno's good side. I'm not quite, quite saying breakfast club, but some sort of uh, strip club or something that they're at. Um, they're definitely hanging out with each other. So you're riding the hot streak while you can with Lockett. I love it. So hopefully that you guys rostered Tyler Algier. Atlanta clearly does not want Patterson to have a massive workload. Algier had 10 carries for 30 yards last week against the Rams out front. The stats were not amazing, but this is something to monitor. If he continues to get these carries, he could definitely have some value here. Uh, Patterson's an RB2 flex play against Seattle defense getting beat everywhere. And they've allowed 16 receptions in week one to Gordon and Javante. Um, on Seattle, Penny's your starter. Atlanta has been pretty solid against the Rams and Saints runners. I would consider him at a flex spot, but I'm not overly excited about his prospects here. We saw Kenneth Walker last week jump from 24%, jump right into a 24% snap share. And, of course, who could forget Travis Homer, who they just insist on using. So these guys are on your bench, um, except for maybe Penny. But uh, I really want to watch and see if they bump up Walker's touches because this could this could really be game-changing here. Good. I think Atlanta wins. I like it. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I would like to see Seattle win this game, personally. So, I, you know, I'm going to take Seattle. I, you guys can have – we can have Atlanta for the – I just think Seattle really desperately needs the number one pick. I mean, Atlanta, I think, does too, but it, I think they could at least put something else together. Seattle needs the number one pick. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, let's get into the next game. And uh, it's real nice fishing weather over here, 69 degrees with a slight breeze for this one <laughs> during the battle of the best seafood as the New England clam chowders take on the Baltimore crab cakes. Uh, we got an over-under of 43-and-a-half for these two mismatched teams. What are we thinking here, guys? All right. Quarterbacks-wise, um, Lamar Jackson is really good at football, guys. I don't know if you all uh, remember him. He was a former MVP. He did not get paid in the offseason because 
that seems like a good decision for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I feel like his price yeah, is only going hit. up as we wait. Um, <laughs> I would probably would have locked him in at a cheaper price because you're, you're the price has gone up my friends uh, and Mark Andrews throw him out there. He's a consistent tight end. He's one of the top two, um, even though he didn't have a great game last week in that shootout. It's kind of strange. Um, New England do not let no, 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 don't nothing for New England should ever be on a field in fantasy football. In my opinion. Sorry. Didn't mean to step on everybody else's. No. You're good. Uh, to quote Damian gonna, Harris. I was going to talk What's about up? those wide receivers, but it's fine. We could just I could just skip the the New England wide receivers. It's fine. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry, my apologies. He just cut off every New England player. So, yeah, is there anything to talk about? For New no, England I think we're anymore? I think we're done, guys. I think we're done. That's the that's the preview. <laughs> to quote Damian Harris, "I'm fine, dog." That's all. That's all he said after his wow. press conference. Okay. Hopefully he is fine after his injury. I mean, Stevenson played 62% of the snaps. Harris played 40. Harris gets the ball when he's in the game. He scores touchdowns. Stevenson doesn't. Baltimore is going to be a rough matchup for him. Uh, J.K. Dobbins practiced all of last week, but was still inactive. But he's practicing in full this week. So not really sure what's going on here. If he does play and you really, 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 really need something, you can try it. But uh, don't even think about any other Baltimore back. I was just going to say, I just don't feel like Baltimore's committing to the run anyway. I know that they do have a mismatch group right now, but they're not that bad, like to where they just don't run at all. Which, right. So, I mean, I would I would definitely temper expectations for J.K. Dobbins upon his return, maybe see one game before you start him. I would agree. If you absolutely have to, like, you can, but don't be excited about it. Fair. Um, getting into the wide receivers, uh, Duvernay does have double digits in both games played, uh, and there really isn't anyone besides Bateman and Andrews. So I think you're rostering him and personally sitting him this week, especially with a game that could get out of hand fast, uh, to see if he's involved in more in the passing game in week three because he didn't have much. Uh, I'm, I'm actually in a league that doesn't get kick return touchdowns, and I did drop Duver- Duvernay. I was kicking myself, and then I remember that that was a league that doesn't have kick return points, and I was like, that's stupid. Be better, Nick. Uh, anyway, Bateman <laughs> showed some explosion and will be uh, consistent for weeks to come here. Uh, back-to-back touchdown, and he does have Lamar's eye for the first or second look. So keep an eye on Bateman. You're starting him. You already know that. I, I Billy told me not to, but I'm going to talk about the Patriots receivers anyway. Uh, Aglor did have five and six targets in the first two games. I think he's worth an add at this point because there's really not much else going on for this team. Uh, Mac Jones hasn't looked great, but I think he's worthy of a spot. Uh, I think you're not going to work. You're not going to play him though. Cause he's uh, going to have to break a big TD. I just think he's one of those, like you're thinking about him kind of guy. Uh, and Jacoby Myers is, isn't quite matchup proof just yet, uh, but very close. He did get 13 targets in week two and seems to be Mac Jones's favorite target. So in my opinion, he's still a sit this week because you probably have better options. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you didn't dra- grab Jacoby Myers as your wide receiver too. Uh, but you should start him if you don't have anything better. So, fair enough. I Baltimore. think Baltimore wins. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think that my preview pretty much said that. I guess uh, before we get into uh, to my intro here, um, <clears throat> these the rest of these games suck. So I need to do some drinking. Okay. I bet I got two fireball bets to pay up for. One, I said the Bears are going to beat the Packers. That obviously was not the case. Nice. I cannot even remember the other one. But I'm going to take two big old drinks here. Get a little, get a little playing. Music. I have the other, I have the other one. Wrong one. Joe, Atlanta was the one that let you down. Oh, fucking Atlanta, man! What was the Atlanta was bet? bet? 
he bet that the Atlanta was going to beat the Rams, and you bet the Rams. They almost oh, did. didn't even write that one down, so I'm glad they won. Did they come back. Did. Okay. All right, so we're going to go to Lucas Oil Stadium where Kansas City is playing the Colts. The over-under is 50, and there is a dome. So unless there's some weird upper atmospheric thing <laughs> in the dome, there will be no weather in this game. Um, the only thing longer than Matt Ryan's career is his neck. The Chiefs travel east to Lucas Oil Stadium where the Indianapolis Taylors desperately need a win. When they are not breaking vacuum cleaners, the Chiefs are actually busy sucking up wins. Oh, so Lord. the Colts' goal here may be futile. Wow. Okay. Hey, that was better than your other preview. Damn. I did hear that Side swiped his neck. Okay. Uh, Kansas City, uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for a million bajillion yards. Um, that's a that's a stat right there. Put that one on the board. Make a graph. Uh, Travis Kelsey will be the recipient of a lot of those yards, so he's good to go. Uh, the indie side of things, woof, guys. Uh, Matt Ryan, I would not put him out there if you paid me 30 bucks. And then the tight end situation for them, I guess it's Granson that you're going to have to – I, you're not starting him. Don't worry about it. I don't need to continue he's on. coming on a little bit, though. Okay. Uh, we can say it, Joe, but the, uh, we, we need more evidence. He's, he's, one of those more guys, evidence. he's one of those guys you put in and you go, damn it. He got two points. Well, it like, seems like a DFS player that you're like, dude, he's so cheap. I'm just put him in there and get a couple points and then zero. And you're like, damn it. It's <laughs> like me again. If you have the perfect lineup and you're like, I don't really need a tight end, but I hope for like eight points. And then you throw him in there because you just have the perfect lineup with like that mm-hmm. limited amount of money. I still wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, you're starting Taylor. I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> Hines can be used as a high confidence flex in what should be a catch up game for Indy. And uh, CEH has got that dog in him. So you got to ride it until you can't anymore. I got to uh, say, though, uh, it doesn't seem like you're going to touch on it. Jarek McKinnon is the pass catching back on that team. Um, CEH has had more carries and everything, obviously. So he's in on the on the field a lot more. But when in a passing game situation, Jarek McKinnon is on the field and could, I'm not saying start him. I'm just saying, keep an eye on him. Pacheco is obviously not the guy we thought he was from preseason at the moment. Um, I'm not saying drop him. I did personally, but I'm just saying Jarek McKinnon is a a person to watch right now. Yeah. I was going to bring up McKinnon, but I don't see this game. The chiefs needing to, to throw the ball much. No, 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 not at all. I'm just trying to, trying to help out. No, I really appreciate it. So getting into the wide receivers right now, uh, I don't think you really want to start any of the KC wide receivers. Uh, they don't really warrant a start at this point for me. Uh, although uh, Mahomes will throw for a billion gajillion yards, as Billy alluded to, uh, I just I, I can't do it personally. You can start Juju if you'd like, uh, but he's sitting in the league I have him in. Um, that's just my personal take. Uh, it's Mahomes, so you never know who it's going to go to. Last time it was uh, Justin Watson, who's been in the league for five years and has never done a damn thing until then. Sorry, Justin Watson's parents. Uh, <laughs> Sky Moore is officially droppable in fantasy and redraft, that is. Uh, but there is more than likely no one worthy replacing him, so you should probably just keep him. Uh, and then Pittman, if he plays, as it showed last week, uh, this pass offense is based around him, so you're starting him at any time he's healthy enough to suit up. And then Doolin should at least be rostered at the moment. Um, I don't. I'm not, I, I wrote everywhere, but that seems a little bit excessive. Uh, he did prove to be the only other valid receiver on the team with Pittman out. So you're less excited if Pittman plays, but at the very least, you should at least keep an eye on this guy because he did at least form some sort of chemistry with Matt Ryan. 
Uh, and then I do like the Alec Pierce stats uh, stash uh, as he, we have not seen him in game yet and he could be the turning point for this passing game. So keep an eye on him. Absolutely. Casey. Yeah. 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 Sorry. On, be, on behalf of offensive points, we would like to apologize to Doug and Terry for uh, speaking poorly of Justin Watson. <laughs> Doug and Terry. <laughs> I googled that. Right. That came right up. Oh, is that actually their names? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I hope that that's actual names. Sorry, Doug. That's great. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Doug. Uh, we are offending parents tonight. All right. Lots of parents. On we go. Goddamn. All right. So we're going to go to a Nissan Stadium where the Las Vegas Raiders are going to go play Tennessee. Uh, Over-under is 45 and a half, and there is possible rain in this <clears> game. Let's face it. The Titans have looked Horrible the last two weeks. It will not be long before the Malik Willis chants are echoing throughout the Tennessee Valley. Ryan Tannehill has been the quarterback equivalent of a Nissan Altima throughout his career. How fitting that he ends it at Nissan Stadium. The black hole will envelop the honky-tonk highway as the Titans season comes to an abrupt end. Yep, I agree. Um, Starting with quarterbacks, Tennessee. like you just said, I think Malik Willis is going to be – the chance are going to be coming in this game. The uh, Oakland – oh, wow, Oakland. The Las Vegas pass rush is actually pretty good, and I think that with the offensive line already being down a couple people, and I think uh, Taylor Lewan got hurt in that game, last game as well, I don't think it's going to be good times for our boy Matt – or Matt Ryan. Why, Ryan Tannehill. Why do I keep messing these names up? Um, so – yeah, exactly. We're we're on game fourteen or whatever. It's Three a.m. right now when we're recording this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think Ryan Tannehill's obviously not in there. The tight end's not in there. I'm not even gonna bother looking up who it is. Um, I think it's Hooper, but don't worry about it. You're not it gonna is. need him. Um, and then the Vegas side, you're definitely gonna use Carr, and you're definitely using Waller, and you're not looking back. By the way, Derek Carr, throw the ball to Devontae Adams, my guy. Like you, you should have beaten Arizona easily last week. Why did you stop throwing it? to Devontae Adams. Unbelievable. I'll never understand it. Like, it's the one guy. Like, like, 45 targets in the first game and then seven in the second. So. Yeah, like, what are you doing, man? Sorry. Like, I understand Slay was beating you, but Kirk Cousins not throwing the ball to Jefferson 28 times that game was appalling. Yes, one of those is going to be P.I. eventually. Like, just keep keep chucking it. Ref's not going to no, keep the flag a, in pocket. That's a bad move there, Joe. That's a bad comparison. I'm just going to go there. Horrible. Horrible. All right, guys, we expected a confusing committee when Josh McDaniel arrived in Las Vegas. So far, that has not been the case. Josh Jacobs is playing essentially all of the time, averaging 14 and a half rushes per game. He's just doing absolutely nothing with those touches. So you start Jacobs on usage alone. Um, Tennessee got bent over in week one by Saquon Barkley. So there is reason for hope for Josh Jacobs here. Derrick Henry has not been good, but we I think we can give him a pass for last week. He's been really good to us in the past. So uh, Buffalo is just on another level as a team. Uh, Henry will have a get-right game against the Raiders this week. In fact, I expect an angry Henry this week. Absolutely angry. So buckle up as he turns Raiders players into human satellites right in front of your eyes. The police might be waiting for Derrick Henry after this game for how he treats the Raiders' defense in this one. Wow. I agree, personally, Henry. Um, out of the wide receivers, Adams, he's a no-brainer. You're playing him, even if Carr doesn't want to throw to him for some reason. Maybe he got reports afterwards that said, hey, you threw to him too much. 
well, oh, I won't throw to him this game. And then they lost. So Adams is getting the ball again. Renfro was on the bench until further notice, uh, even with, with or without the injury. Uh, but don't drop him just yet. Essentially, he is an Adams handcuff. Uh, Burks, Tannehill hasn't looked great, uh, but Traylon Burks has actually looked fine in his limited action. Uh, I'm game to start Burks, uh, but you're not super excited about this because Tannehill looks so bad. Uh, Woods is riding the pine in fantasy for now. He did have a better game after only seeing one catch in week one. Okay. Raiders. Raiders. Uh, I got Tennessee on this one. Wow. I like it. Okay. All right, guys. We're going to go to Charlotte. Uh, The Panthers and the Saints are playing. Uh, 40 and a half is the over-under, and there is possible rain, again, like with most of the country. Uh, a matchup of Jameis and Baker seems like a prelude to a fierce competition to be the next assistant manager of a local Red Lobster. <laughs> Just as Red Lobster says, now this is seafood. This matchup reminds me a lot of seafood. It smells really bad, but usually it tastes pretty good. Wow. Okay. Two seafood intros. Unplanned. Love it. <laughs> All right. Well, I have the quarterbacks and the tight ends for this uh, preview, and I'm not starting any of them from this lot. Uh, Piers Jameis Winston may not play. It looks like Andy Dalton might be starting for them. So get me out of the quarterback market for New Orleans as well. So but what about Baker Mayfield? He's right behind your head. Nope. Don't, don't, don't start Baker Mayfield. Lifelong fan. Keep pounding. That. Hashtag keep pounding. However, don't start them. On Ian Thomas is the tight end. He did have one explosive play so far this season. Um, wish well, me and Joe wish it was our boy Tommy Trimble, but it just hasn't worked out. It will be, and hey, maybe eventually, but not in this game. So please do not start any of these people. Agreed. Quarterbacks and tight ends, that is. <laughs> um, the Saints have been allowing 136 rush yards per game. McCaffrey should easily exceed that as long as Carolina remembers to use them. Kamara's injury is not expected to be serious, and if he does play in this one, he is an RB1 with a dream matchup against Carolina. They are 29th in the league for rushing defense. Um, That number is inflated a little bit due to playing the Browns in week one. They're actually pretty solid against Saquon. Uh, If Kamara does not play, Ingram is an RB2 or a flex. He was out-snapped by Tony Jones for some reason. Uh, Tony Jones can be picked up, but please don't start him. Um, wide receiver wise, uh, <clears throat> after Landry's nice week one, the target leader shifts over to rookie Olave and Michael Thomas stays consistent, uh, without a run game in sight for this team. Uh, you can make the argument to fire up all three of these wide receivers. If Jamie's plays, uh, although I think you are a little bit nervous about Landry at this point, after only seeing short passes and not enough volume in week two, um, as for Carolina, if you have the option, you are sitting DJ Moore, but you probably don't have that option so uh also i want to bring something else up i i I know we're running long on time here but are they ever planning on using lavisca chenault at this point or is his career just over because he is on carolina don't know why they acquired him they have not activated him for the first two weeks so i don't really understand why he's on the team you feel like it'd be pressing to get him out there you know it seems like it, especially when like Shy Smith is the guy that Baker's and turning he's just to. Dropping sometimes. balls left and right. Exactly. I just and, feel like Chenault yeah. had such a versatile role in Jacksonville, even under the you know coach of the person that we've said before, right. but I can't say the his thing, name. That guy. Exactly. I, I don't have the, the button noun. Yet. All right. Anyway, into the next game. This is my last intro for the day. So the surprising two and zero New York Giants host the 
surprisingly one and one Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys come in winning nine of their last 10 games against the Giants. Uh, what would have been a bad game at the beginning of the season turns into a better one with the Giants actually doing well for some reason. Oh, sorry, I should say Saquon actually doing well. Uh, the over-under here is a measly 39 on a clear, windy night in the Meadowlands. Uh, Cooper Rush looks usable. Um, he, I, I, I hate, not in a one-quarterback league at least, but in a super flex, usable. Um, if Schultz is playing, you're playing Schultz. If Schultz is not playing, you're not playing Schultz. Easy as that. On the giant side of things, I don't want a tight end and I don't want a quarterback. That is not what you want from this team, just saying. Micah Parsons is going to literally be gnawing on Daniel Jones' leg for most of the day. <laughs> I've just got a dog cartoon uh, stuck in my head there, but it's it's all good there. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of, uh, I was watching this commercial the other day. I don't know if you guys have seen it, and the dog, the dog's name was Micah Parsons. <laughs> I, I thought that was awesome. Um, like anyway, uh, Saquon Barkley gets absolutely everything for the Giants and the Cowboys absolutely could not stop Fournette in week one. So gimme, 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 gimme. Uh, the Cowboys, we have a 60-40 split here favoring Zeke. The Giants are a decent matchup. Um, Zeke should have a big game here, and Pollard is an inspiring flex in this one. That's fair. Um, so, um Giants passing attack is pretty much non-existent, and for some reason they aren't even using their best options. Uh, let's play a quick game here. Uh, which wide receiver had the highest snap count on the Giants last week? Tony. Sterling Shepard. You're both wrong. It's David Sills uh, with snaps of 67. West Virginia uh, legend, by the way. Yep, and then <laughs> Shepard, 64. Tony, 28. Slayton, 4. And Galladay, 2. Uh, Galladay is about to be droppable, but not because of his talent, but because they're just not going to use him, even though they paid a shit ton of money for him. Uh, and is and is this the only worthwhile wide receiver getting enough reps? I, I have no idea. Uh, Tony's only getting twenty eight, and Slayton's only getting four. So I, I guess you play Shepard because he's the only one actually out there. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do about the Giants wide receiver. Sit them all. Uh, on the other side, CD Lamb did have a decent day with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Uh, and if Noah Brown, he did have another solid outing. Uh, if Gallup doesn't play, I'm down to start Noah Brown, but I'm also not because you never know what's going to happen. It's Cooper Rush's second starting start in a while. So uh, keep an eye on Gallup and do go roster him. He's actually owning only about 50% of leagues and is the wide, the wide receiver slot. The wide receiver two slot is just wide open when he returns. That's fair. Uh, Jerry Jones said that uh, CD Lamb just needs to fight through the double coverage that he's going to receive in the games to be relevant <laughs> on the team. I was like, Oh, Jerry Jones, you don't think that CD Lamb's thought of that. You don't think that no. he's just, he's thought about, let me fight through the double coverage each game. Right. You have literally Noah Brown and Simi Fahoko out here next to me, but yeah, sure. It's my fault. Hey, but don't diss Simi. Simmy's look bad, Joe. I'm sorry. It's yeah, I'm sorry. You picked a guy with a cool name. It just didn't work out, man. The break and a sweet fro, but the breakout's coming for real. Um, I do want to eat crow a little bit. I told everyone to not start Noah Brown last week, and he had a pretty damn good game. So I get it if you want to start him, but like Josh said, don't be confident about it. Yeah. Don't be it's, it's about our it's about time for a uh, a right wrong, really, and I, I feel like it's coming up. So all right. Yep. All right. Last game. All right, guys. Let's wrap it up. We got uh, the Texans and the Bears at Soldier Field. 
It's uh, over under is 40, and it's supposed to be really windy in this one. So, windy city, it works. Um, this is the Lovey Smith revenge game. Uh, and more exciting than breaking down this game, uh, I want to take the time to break down and appreciate Lovey's beard. It is the color of freshly fallen snow. It is the perfect combination of Santa and Poseidon. And the silkiness can only be compared to the work of ancient Chinese silkworms. And lastly, I bet it smells like the redwood forest in California. Wow. Okay. You've got a high, high ramblings of Joe for sure. Well, oh, that, that is going to be more exciting than talking about this team. So these yep. teams. So, um, just Justin Fields, leave him on the bench, uh, maybe on the waiver wire if you so incline. Uh, Cole Komet, welcome to Dumpsville, I think, as they say on the fantasy football, the ESPN pod, they say welcome to Dumpsville. I think Cole Komet, uh, one more outing like he's had the last two weeks, I think he's headed there. Uh, Houston, I still believe in Davis Mills deep down, but Chicago's got a pretty good defense, so I don't think this will be the week to – for Davis Mills to break out. And then the tight end, Brevin Jordan. I don't, I don't love it. Don't love, especially he's been banged up. So I don't think that, you know, desperation tight end, but other than that, no. Yeah. I'd have a uh, hard time starting either of them. Any before, of them. before Joe gets into the most exciting part <clears throat> of this game, let me go ahead and get through some boring stuff. Yeah, get uh, that shit out of the way. After week one's rain game, we couldn't predict anything. After this last game, we now can. You're sitting all Bears receivers unless you're desperate. You can play Mooney as a desperation flex, but other than that, nah. Uh, Cooks, uh, only valuable wide receiver on the other team here. Um, your Nico Collins did, does have some value for a nice bench stash, but after that, nah. Nah. That was I it. Love it. It wasn't hard. All right, we got the two dead last ranked rushing defenses here. Uh, it should be fun. Chicago got absolutely gashed last week by Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to the tune of 33 carries for 193 yards. Damian Pierce was the leader of the Houston backfield last week, so this should be a close game, and we could have a Damian Pierce breakout game unless Lovey decides to use Rex Burkhead. Um, um, I have to no ca- clue here. Just to capitalize on that, uh, Lovey did actually come out and say Damian, Damian Pierce is the only person he's proud of right now or something like that. It was a long, like, winded <laughs> conference or whatever, and he basically said Damian Pierce fights and nobody else fights and that Damian Pierce is probably accustomed to that uh, breakout game. So I am down for starting him as a flex this week. Get him in your DFS lineups anytime Lovey says something. I will say, though, anyone who actually dra- – so, like, we we drafted really early and Damian Pierce went super early and we got Damian Pierce like at value and stuff. There's a lot of people out there that drafted Damian Pierce in like the fifth round. And I bet they're yep. just kicking themselves right now. Oh yeah. Once, once he got that hype when he was the starter, everyone was like, yeah, yeah. And then like, I couldn't get him anywhere in any drafts past the fifth round. And I was like, y'all are silly. I was down to get him in the eighth, but like, I'm not trying to grab him in the fifth. Yeah. It could pay off this week. I'm just really glad I got him in the third round of a rookie draft in May. Oh, no, same. Yeah, Yeah. that was a fun time. Uh, Montgomery is playing 72% of the snaps uh, through two weeks for the Bears. Houston's giving up 143 rush yards per game, and the Chicago Lions are actually doing a great job of run blocking. Even more exciting, Houston is allowing running backs to beat them through the air to the tune of six receptions for 42 yards each game. Monty can be used confidently. I expect him to have a really big game here. If Cleo Herbert is on your waivers, stash him. The man just scores points, even though he's not playing that many snaps. But 
good good times ahead for the Bears and the Houston running backs this week. 100%. That's why I got the wide receivers out of the way. because I have no idea who wins this game. Literally no idea. You know what, Bears. Joe? As much as I hate this, I'm going with the Texans. Lovey oh, and Damian Fireball. Pierce. Let's do it. Wow. This is the Saddest fireball bet we've ever done. It I was think. a end of the day fireball bet. We're Literally, just that's just it. like we got to get one more bet in there because wow, that, that's sad. I will, I'll say this. I think the under looks good on this game. 40 points between these two teams. It's going to be tough to get to that, I think. But, I think Davis Mills has a comeback game too. Like, I'm not starting wow. with fantasy, but I, I, think, I, think, the, he, I think you're disrespecting the Bears I think we're. Right? I think we're predicting a shootout. We just don't know what we're saying yet. I'm taking the over. Shootout is between not, the Bears and the Texans. Just I, like I just think that this is the get right game for everyone in the in the lineup. Like I'm not saying I'm starting any of these guys because you're not starting any of these guys with confidence. I'm just saying if you were, if there was one time you really want to start Mooney, it's against the Texans. I am one time you want to start Davis Mills, it's against the Bears. Like it's just it's those things. It's like bad teams play bad teams well. Sorry, I am I'm anchoring a tournament back. lineup tonight with Damian Pierce, Mooney, and Montgomery. Oh, wow. Joe, you're setting that money on fire. Um, oh, I, I think 17 14 is probably the, the, the apex <laughs> of this game. And there'll be one kick at the end. I don't that... think there's any defense good enough to stop either one of these bad offenses, though. I think it's a very good matchup, actually. Fair enough. I, you all see this way different than me, but that's whatever. I feel um, like when teams match up this well, that it just kind of turns into a good game. Okay, yeah, well, it, it was the last game no we covered offense, for Jim. just like a community college game where they go for like 70 points each because everyone sucks so bad. All right, guys, if you listen to us this far, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. I'm going to wrap this up. Joe doesn't ever have an outro anyway. So thanks. Go follow us on all the stuff. Uh, YouTube, especially. We got some good videos coming out. Uh, get a, get some Patreon action in there. You know that you need some help because it's been a it's been a rough time and we got some good odds on there. So check out our stuff. You know us. Listen, check us out. I'm more.